Like give yourself a good bump. Um, kick yourself out of that that zone that you were in. Um, and granted, like here's the thing too, is like you'll get there regardless. So you could even go 10 to 15 grams like for a while, like eventually you probably will get out of the, the maintenance. But um, if you're worried about, like if you don't want to lose more weight and you're worried about biofeedback and you want to start improving health, hormones, performance, stuff like that, just get out of it. Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. All right. Today, we got a Q&A, uh, and I'm just going to forewarn you guys right out the gate that uh, my voice, you may be able to tell, is a little bit deeper and raspier than normal, or maybe I just feel like it that, it's that way, but um, today is Thursday, as you are listening to this, uh, Thursday the 29th. I'm actually recording this on Wednesday the 28th. Uh, not usually the circumstance for us. Usually we are, shit, at least a week, if not two weeks ahead of schedule when it comes to podcasts. Uh, but truth be told, uh, I got busy. I overbooked myself and I had a lot of projects and things to work on. So, um, podcasts got pushed to the side a little bit. Now we weren't going to get behind until I got sick. So, um, no COVID. Well, I didn't get tested. So, who knows really, but, um, I don't think I got COVID cause it wasn't that bad. Uh, but my daughter got sick and then, uh, she transferred over to me and, uh, I spent a couple days at home. And then right after that, I had a mastermind event, which I will be recording a full podcast on. Um, it's a, it's a private event. Uh, it's, it's a, for a small group of guys that I have, there's only five people in the group. Um, just brought in the fifth dude and uh, they're all fitness entrepreneurs, they're all nutrition coaches, they own companies, so on and so forth, and uh, they're looking to achieve more in life, not just business, so we have these events that is just part of their coaching, and we're, we do them three to four times a year, um, and this is, so this is something new, so we're going to be doing them three to four times a year, where they come out to the facility and or somewhere else, uh, the next one in February probably won't be in Washington, because it's already freezing cold here, so I doubt I'll want to stay, we'll probably get the hell out of here, um, but they come out out and we spend a few days just learning, connecting, building, growing, setting outcomes, and then going and chasing our goals. So really, really, really impactful weekend. Um, I mean, just so much empathy, so much connection, so much education, so much growth, um, so much vulnerability, uh, breaking down insecurities. There was just so much value inside the weekend that I probably will record a full podcast on this either today or tomorrow. So, so expect that within the next week or two. Um, but because of that, because of me getting sick and because of potentially me giving it to Travis, which is why I'm doing this podcast solo, this Q&A will be just me today, no Travis. Um, we are a little bit behind schedule. So you were getting a podcast on a Thursday because we already put one out on Monday. So we moved Fridays up to Thursday to make sure that we get it to you ASAP. Um, and now 
we'll be back to normal schedule. So after today, you will not have a podcast tomorrow on Friday like normal, but you will have a podcast next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday like normal. We will be back on schedule, and we're going to spend overtime catching up and then some so that we can always be ahead of the curve. Um, And I got some really, really cool interviews coming up. Um, a couple that we actually had to reschedule because I was sick. So those will be pushed out, but, um, uh, some really, really cool guests coming onto the podcast, which I always, I always say too, like if you're listening to this and, and you love the podcast and you want to help me make it better and, or you want it to be better for yourself because <laughs> you're the listener, do me a favor and shoot me an email, Cody at tailored Let me know exactly who you want on the podcast. Um, You can also DM me at Cody.BoomBoom. That's my Instagram. Um, Let me know who you want to come on the podcast. Um, I'm slowly but surely not only taking fitness and nutrition entrepreneurs or coaches or experts onto the show. So for a long time, it's been very, very specific to they have to be in the health space. They have to be in the coaching or the nutrition or the fitness space. However, uh, we're shifting gears from that. Uh, because to me, and this is why we kept one of the reasons why we kept the name of the podcast, boom, boom performance podcast versus changing it to tailored anything. Um, partially is because it's, it's my podcast. I'm the host, but also because I want boom, boom performance, quote unquote, I'm doing quote things with my fingers right now. Um, because of that, I, I want it to be more than just fitness and nutrition. So I want performance to expand across all areas of life. So I want to start bringing on guests that are not just in the fitness and nutrition space. I want to bring on guests that are authors of great books, that are entrepreneurs in other fields, that have just done crazy things in their life or had amazing experiences and stories to tell, um, who are experts in a completely unrelated topic. But it always translates to performance in the sense of personal development. So how can we perform at our utmost across the board? in our mind, with our emotions, with our spirituality, with our fitness, with our nutrition, with our business, with our relationships, with our friendships, everything. Um, And if there's one thing I've realized over the years that I'm very passionate about and and pretty much obsessed with, it's personal development as a whole. Um, I believe that is, that's why I'm here on this planet. And I think uh, that's what I'm supposed to do is help people personal develop in different areas. So uh, point being, it's a long winded way of saying, hey, if you have somebody you want on the podcast, fitness, nutrition, or unrelated, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, let me know who they are. We'll reach out to them. We'll hopefully get them on the podcast. Um, and, uh, and, and just so you guys know, there's certain people who you have sent in that I will always try and I have tried multiple times, but just might not get on. Like I've had people say, you should get Rob Deerduck on. And I'm like, man, I would love that, <laughs> but I doubt <clears throat> we're going to be able to get in touch with them. In fact, I've tried to email him, uh, numerous times <laughs> and I've never gotten a response. Um, I'm sure his inbox is insane. Uh, or Ryan Holiday. That's another one that I've been recommended to get on quite a few times. I would love to get him or James Clear on, uh, but I haven't got a response from either, so I'll keep bugging them until they do. However, whoever else you have, send them my way. Um, And before we get into the q and I do have another quick little announcement. So besides me being sick and apologizing for the lack of episodes, and besides the mastermind that we just held, which I will do a full um, podcast on because I think there was a lot of insights, and it's not your typical mastermind. I think mastermind has a it has kind of like a nasty taste in my mouth. And for for most people, it's the same way because it turned into something that it wasn't once. Masterminds used to be a completely different thing. And to me, that's what I'm trying to create with this. Um, And I'll explain that in in that podcast. But I do have another quick announcement and that is the t-shirt winner. So we got some reviews. We did a shout out like two or three weeks ago saying, hey, leave us a five-star rating review and we will jump on the uh, podcast and announce a winner. So, So today's winner 
Um, and before I do, I, I mean, I'm going to shout out a bunch of people. Um, Chick F.O., B. Pitt, 32, Marissa J., Morgan Gill, J. Jishup, uh, Zumba Girl, Yavez, uh, Enlin, Carol. Um, so many people left reviews. I appreciate it so much. Uh, it means a lot, really. So so thank you for that. Um, but the, the one that I chose today, um, where is it? Here we go. Uh, Morgan Gill, nutrition and fitness nerd is the title. Five stars. I'm such a geek about the science behind fitness and nutrition. And Cody breaks things down into enjoyable and understandable concepts while backing up his facts with research and keeping you entertained with examples and stories. One of my favorite health and wellness podcasts. Thanks for all the work you put into this, Cody. The education available is unmatched. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a geek in this stuff too, which is why I love what I do. And this is why I will forever be a nutrition coach. And, and even as the company grows and we get more people on team, I can't get away from it. I'll always have clients because <laughs> I just love it so much. Um, and I hope that shows in the podcast, like you said. So I appreciate that a ton. Morgan Gill, make sure you send Tori uh, an email. It's T-O-R-I at tailoredcoachingmethod.com. Let us know your full name, your mailing address, and your t-shirt size. Um, and also let us know if you want male or female um, sizing. Uh, they are not unisex, so we have women's and men's shirt. Let us know which one you want and uh, your size, your mailing address, and your full name. Send it to Tori. Put in the subject line, podcast review winner, or something along the lines of that. She'll know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, and now, without any further ado... Let's get on to the podcast. All right, so Brandy Haas, what are your daily journal prompts? This is a really good question, and I actually brought out my journal for this. So the journal I recommend, uh, which I will link in the show notes of this podcast. Um, in fact, I'm going to pull up a separate thing. Since Travis isn't here, I have to play Jamie I'm not even going to say Jamie anymore. Everybody says Jamie when they talk about a producer. Like, oh, you got you got Jamie because Joe Rogan is the goat of podcasting. But um, I'm just going to start saying Trav because screw Jamie. Trav is just as good, if not better. Shout out to Trav. I know you're listening to this because you edit it, and I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> All right, so um, self-journal. That's the journal I recommend. Um, I'll put a link in the, to that in the show notes of this podcast. It's called Self-Journal. And I want to say it's by it's made by Damon... Uh, the guy from Shark Tank, I cannot remember his last name. I want to say it's Damon Johns or Johnson. Um, I'm not a huge Shark Tank guy, so I don't watch it that often. But I'm pretty sure he either created it or he's just an endorsement for it. Um, but I essentially stumbled upon this when sending out a client gift uh, to some of my mentor clients. At the beginning of every quarter, I sent them a box of just cool shit. And, uh, and one of the things, I was like, I want to get them a really cool journal. So I typed in on Google, like, the best journals ever or something like that the best journals out for productivity best journals for success whatever I've typed I can't remember and uh, this is one of the ones that came up and so I started diving into it and I love it honestly it's it's cool because there's different sections of it so I have three little bookmarks inside of this and there's one bookmark that is for your 13 week and monthly goal so I don't set 13 week I set 12 week I don't know where they got the number 13 I think it's kind of random but um, I set 90-day goals, 12-week outcomes. So this gives me a week wiggle room. So basically the way I used it was week one is like preparation for the 90 days and getting planned out my goals and everything, and then week one starts. But the cool thing about this 
is there's a bunch of different sections on here to lay out for the next 12 weeks. Um, things to do and experiences to have. There's a big like bucket list section. People to connect with, places to visit, other. Um, you can set benchmarks for your health, finances, work, career, relationships, personal growth, mindfulness. Um, and then you can actually set specific goals. So what is your outcome goal? What area of life is it in? Health, finance, work, relationships, personal growth, mindfulness, so on and so forth. Um, and then uh, what is the motivation behind this goal? What are your progress milestones? So what are the benchmarks that you have to accomplish along the way? Uh, what are your critical drivers, which is like the actions that will get you to your progress goal? So what is the how? Um, and then who's holding you accountable of this? So, or what, I should say. And uh, and this was really cool for me because I, I was able to go in and put a goal for my uh, personal development, which for me this quarter is playing guitar. Um, it's learning guitar and spending time, quiet time without any distractions by myself, learning a new skill. Um, and, and I will say to you, like, I think for everybody listening, I think I've talked about this already, but just the fact that I'm trying to learn something that takes a lot of skill has my brain working on another level. And it really does translate to productivity in business. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I have that. I have uh, a, a physical goal for my fitness and health. I have a goal for my business and my team. Um, and I'm able to write these out in, in clear as day journal prompts and, and outcomes and goals set. Um, then we move on and there's a habit tracker. So you can set different habits for each month. Um, so I got a bunch on here, guitar, journal, phone on the counter by 5 p.m., uh, 10 minute walk every day, study slash education, train, mobility, so on and so forth. And you just check them off. There's like 20 something boxes. I think that's kind of excessive for habits, but I filled out like six or seven, uh, and I'm just checking them off, you know, and it's like completed, you get an X, partial, you get one line, and then if you missed it, you don't put anything, um, and just seeing the X's, and by the end of it, knowing like 90 plus percent of them should be filled out is good, and then each month, you have a blank slate, and you start new habits, so really, really cool, I love habit trackers, especially after I read the book, um, uh, Atomic Habits, and so this is perfect for that, um, and then you move into the weekly section, so we had the monthly section, now we have the weekly section, and there's 13 of these pages, so uh, half the page on the left side of the journal is going to say weekly planning, and you can plan ahead for the week, and then the other side is weekly review, so you can review the week, and we do this for every single week, and then the last section is your day-to-day -day journal, which is going to give you your daily journal prompts, which is what you actually asked me about. Um, and, and basically, you put the date, put the day of the week. Uh, these are the prompts. Today, I am grateful for blank. So one, one piece of gratitude, I usually list more than one in that. Um, today's goal, like what am I working towards? Like what is the one goal for today? Um, usually for, for that, I, I put like an attitude or a... Uh, a characteristic. So maybe it's today's goal is to be more present, right? Today's goal is to sh like be an amazing father, right? So yesterday I took the day off and, and spend it with my mom and my daughter. Um, and that was like my focus is like, let me just like, I want Blakely to know I'm here and, and I'm just, I'm ready to play. Like that's, that's all today's about, right? So today's goal, what is that? Um, today's targets. Now this is where we lay out what we have to do today. The three most important things that we have to lay out. And there's these little bubbles by this, a 30 minute time block. So you can say how long you will spend on each one. Um, and these are like your, your work checklist that think the to do's that I'm going to check off by the end of the day. There's three of them. Um, with a little bit of space under each one. So you can kind of put, like I put content on one and there's a whole bunch of different things underneath that. Um, what will make today great is the last journal prompt. So 
by the end of the day, what do I want to feel, say, do, or be able to reflect on? And, and how does that make the day great? Um, and then there's a section for hour by hour, how does your day look, which I always love because to me, I, I block out like every hour, even though I have Google calendars, I'll list out. I still write what's in Google calendars in my journal in the morning because it, it kind of, it, it's like, it, it's almost like you're, you know, like back in the day, <laughs> I actually said this this weekend. Uh, we were going to the restaurant, and I said, "Yo, I'll send you the MapQuest for it." And they just started dying laughing. I was like, "Man, I, don't, I haven't seen MapQuest in years. I don't know why I said that." But it's kind of like MapQuest, you know? Like when you MapQuest something uh, back in the day, you would print out the the directions. And if there's any youngins listening, MapQuest was this thing that you would type your address into, and then uh, it gives you directions. So where are you going? Where are you at? It prints out the directions, and then you have like a list of directions in your hand and as you're driving, or in my case, as your mom is driving you to skate parks in the minivan, you're reading off the directions for her to follow. You're the co-pilot. Um, so similar to that, when you print off those directions, you don't just go, all right, let's get it. No, you look at like, how long is this going to take me to get there? Right? You're going to look at like what roads you turn on. Do you got to get on the freeway? What freeway? Do you got it on the highway? Like where's parking? Like you're always going to look into all these things because they matter before you you go into the into the mission. Um, you know where you're going, but you want to know exactly how you're going to get there before you start driving. And that's kind of how I look at my day to day. I know exactly what I'm doing, but I want to write it out in detail hour by hour so I'm ready and I'm prepared. So as I go into the day, I know what I'm doing. So I, I list these out so I can stay on time and then I can know what I'm doing. And then there's a big blank page on the right side of the journal um, with a powerful quote at the top. Today's mind says, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine by John C. Maxwell. Phenomenal quote, that's for damn sure. Um, but it's just a big blank page. And now I can write really whatever the hell I want on it. Um, and at the very end, there's a, there's a box that says habit tracker. You can check it off. Did you do it? There's a thing for your mood. Um, you're either like big smile, partial smile, no smile, angry or sad. Um, there's like these little smiley faces and then win the day score blank out of 10. So does it seven out of 10, eight out of 10? Did you get 10 out of 10? And that's my journal. So what am I grateful for? What are today's goals? What are today's targets? Give me three. And then what will make today great? That keeps it very, very simple and to the point. And I think, I think it's important for people to get some kind of journal that gives you prompts um, or research or look up. Sometimes you can see previews of these journals. Look up what the journal prompts are and start using those because just free journaling is tough. You know, like I have a section on each, like on every day that is just blank that I can free journal if I feel the need to. But having those prompts gives you some serious direction. So I definitely would recommend it. Um, the one I use is the self-journal. That's the one I just took an extremely long time to break down and, and try to sell you on, even though I don't make any money off of it. So <laughs> shout out to the self-journal company. I'm, I'm helping you out right now. It's uh, But it's a powerful journal. I, I really, truly enjoy it. So those are my daily journal prompts. All right. Ellen asks, hi, guys. No Travis today, sorry. I have been reverse dieting for about one and a half months, adding 10 to 15 grams of carbs every single week. Weight is still going down and my hunger actually keeps going up. I feel and look, I feel and think I look great. Do you think I'm doing this too slowly? Could a higher bump in calories each week be more beneficial? I'm just nervous about my body not responding well. Anyway, thank you so much for this podcast. You've changed my life and my relationship with food for the better. Um, 
really, really good uh, question, and uh, and I appreciate it. I'm glad you're listening, and I'm glad that we've had an influence in your life. That means a lot to me. Um, okay, so uh, I have been reverse dieting for about one and a half months, adding 10 to 15 grams every single week. Weight is still going down, and my hunger actually keeps going up. Um, yeah, I think I think you are going too slowly, and I think a higher bump in calories each week would be beneficial. I know you're nervous about your body not responding well, but the thing I always try to rem- remind people is, like... Actually, Lauren Conlon, uh, a good friend of mine, had an amazing post on this just literally yesterday. Um, she said, it, it doesn't matter if you were eating 300 plus grams of carbs leading into your show if you are stage lean. You will still be dealing with negative metabolic and hormonal adaptations plus psychological distress. Don't confuse eating a lot for being recovered. Body fat is the driver of adaptations. So... That last point is the big key here. So if you if you get super lean and you do experience negative adaptations, be that metabolic adaptations, hormonal adaptations, stress adaptations, uh, muscle loss adaptations, doesn't matter, um, and you reverse diet extremely slowly and you don't put on any body fat, you don't gain any weight, then a lot of those adaptations will not change. Um, now, this is much more prevalent and uh, critical in stage lean athletes or physique competitors. That's why she said that and she mentions physique competitors. But because um, and I said that because I want people to take it with a grain of salt. You know, if you if you have twenty five pounds to lose and you lose it, and you're like, I can see my abs. I'm pretty damn lean, but I'm not like shredded to the gills. First and foremost, your biofeedback probably isn't even that bad. So it, it's more of a psychological burden at this point, right? Like I, I have clients, um, I even have like like family that I'm helping that they're not shredded, but they've been dieting a while, right? So from a hormonal and a metabolic and even a performance standpoint, they really haven't been effective negatively. They're still making gains in the gym. They're still progressively overloading. They're still feeling good. They're still motivated. They still have, you know, energy. Um, it's just that they're just kind of tired of dieting. Like they're just kind of tired of tracking their calories. Like, and, and I think that's where you get to for the most part when you're not shredded for stage. Um, you just kind of psychologically get burnt out and it's, and it's just as important to reverse diet for that as it is for the hormonal adaptations that physique competitors experience. However, there are a lot of people, specifically women, because uh, unfortunately for, for the women listening, you do have to have a little bit more body fat from a percentage perspective on your body than men do in order to maintain hormonal homeostasis. But there is people still in the gen pop that get lean enough to where they start seeing these metabolic adaptations. I mean, we see it all the time. So it's not, it's very 50-50 in my experience, in my opinion. Um, psychologically, it's, it's still the biggest burden is psychological. But in cases like this, when you start going so slow and you're not getting any added body fat to your body, you're not gaining any weight, you're not taking your body into a new zone of intake in, in, into a new area of stress relief, right? So if you're going so slow, you're kind of just, you're dampening the stress response, but you're not removing the stress response. You're still in a deficit is what I kind of try to tell people all the time. Um, if you're losing weight right now, you are 100% in a deficit. Most likely what's happening is if you started reverse dieting and you started losing more weight, what, what's probably happening is you're a, you're a hyper responder, which really just means that you do have an adaptive thermogenic response, but it works in both ways down in the diet and then reversing in the diet. And what this means is if you increase calories slowly, 
you're neat and your performance in the gym and maybe even your sleep also increases slowly. So now you're burning more calories in the gym. You're burning more calories day to day from walking, moving, standing, blinking, thinking, talking, just daily activities. And you're probably burning a little bit more through sleep. So you're essentially net deficit the same as you were because as you increase, you burn more. So your deficit never changes even if your intake changes because your expenditure changes. Um, I hope that makes sense. And so in these situations, I typically like to, to bump up a little bit more aggressively and just get you up faster so we can get you out of that deficit. So essentially, we go, okay, you're going 10 to 15 grams every single week. Let's, uh, let's this next adjustment, let's bump you up 30 grams. Like give yourself a good bump. Um, kick yourself out of that that zone that you were in. Um, and granted, like, here's the thing too, is like, you'll get there regardless. So you could even go 10 to 15 grams, like for a while, like eventually you probably will get out of the, the maintenance. But um, if you're worried about like, if you don't want to lose more weight, and you're worried about biofeedback, and you want to start improving health, hormones, performance, stuff like that, just get out of it, bump up faster, double the amount of carbs you're adding in, even if it's not every single week, you know, like maybe you do 30 gram increments, and you do it every one to three weeks. That's fine too, but it's it's the fact that you're not babying the process that this happens. Um, and in Gen Pop, I see this even more prevalent when people do like five grams a day. And I've seen that. Like they, they we used to call it uh, five gram you to death, <laughs> which is such a bro coaching term to even come up with. We're gonna five gram carb you to death. Um, but I've said it. I've heard many people say it, and it's and it's true. People would do that, and it's just like it's just ridiculous. So, um, Ellen, I would suggest you go a little bit faster. I think you would uh, see some positive success from it, uh, rather quickly too. To be honest. All right. So uh, James K. I believe this is James Cross. How often do you invest in business mentorships, and when do you feel there's a point when you don't need a business coach? Ooh, well, I'll start with the second half. Um, I don't ever feel like I don't need a business coach, you know, because as your business grows, uh, it's, it's like the same, like new, new levels, new devils, right? Um, as you grow, your problems change, your difficulties change, what you struggle with changes, how you, how you handle things changes, your team expands. Like there's just so much that evolves and changes as you, as you build a business that I think it's important to really essentially just have a, have a, somebody that understands the current position you're in constantly, right? So I've had different business coaches over the years and a lot of times they change simply because my need changes inside what I'm after, you know, and, and I've never, I've never had a business coach for less than a year. So whenever I commit, I commit. Um, but, you know, whether it was like, hey, I'm trying to break, I'm not trying to start my business, right? And then it was, hey, I'm trying to scale my business. And then it was like, hey, I'm trying to like balance and manage my life while I run this business, right? And then it's like, okay, now I'm trying to systemize and delegate right? My business and, and create this. And this is something I taught the guys this weekend, this like family tree inside your business, uh, a really good book called the E-Myth gave me this thought and this idea that I could like basically draw this diagram. And it was almost like a family tree. And, and I'm in the middle because obviously I'm, I'm the captain of the ship. And then I have all these 
these branches going off to these different boxes and they are pointing to different people and different roles. Um, some of those people on my team aren't even in that role yet and they don't even know it's coming, but I can see it for them and I know they're going to grow into it. And others are already in that position, but it just clarifies and gives them a title, which empowers them and it, and it justifies me giving them certain responsibilities and, and it honestly comforts me because I know that there, it gives that security. So, um, and that's where I'm at right now. So the, the people in my life, I have two different coaches in this realm. Uh, they're helping me with that. So how do I systemize? How do I delegate? Um, how do I revamp all the copy, all the marketing? How do like, you know, you get to a certain point too where you go like, man, and this is something I did recently. I recommend a lot of people do this. And it's something I help my guys with. Like, man, I have a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of funnels. There's a lot of opt-ins. There's a lot of eBooks. There's a lot of coaching. There's a lot of testimonials. There's a lot of newsletters. There's a lot of everything, website pages, blogs. Like, there's just so much shit. How do we regulate all that? How do we go back and make sure everything is, is clean and to a point and it looks good, it sounds good, it sells properly, um, it resonates with the reader, the listener, the audience, the client, whoever, right? So, so now I'm going back. Instead of creating more, which I'm still creating more because you always create more and that's, that's part of what I love, but I'm also recreating a lot right now. So that's part of what I'm getting coached on. And then, of course, like I, I think the, the aspect of balancing, you know, being a good father and husband while trying to do all this uh, is always something that you need coaching and help on. So I, I don't think I'll ever not have coaching on that either because it, it's, it's more than anything, it's accountability. You know, I know the type of father and husband I want to be. I know the type of leader, coach, and business owner I want to be. Uh, but I need to voice that and tell that to somebody who's going to care about me, respect me, and hold me accountable of it. Uh, and that's really important. So, uh, you know, like when do you feel like there, do, do you feel like there's ever a point where you don't need a business coach? I don't, I honestly don't. I don't think there ever really comes a point because new levels, new devils, as you grow, new things step into your journey, into your world, into your business, uh, into your responsibilities. And you have to be able to handle more. You have to be able to do more. You have to be able to think faster. You have to be able to take action more. I mean, part of being a CEO and a business owner is really just making decisions constantly. Like if you, if you strip away any CEOs day to day, the amount of decisions, especially powerful and meaningful ones that he or she is responsible of making daily is pretty crazy. It almost makes you seem like, man, like the CEO's main role is just, just, just literally decision-making. What is the best decision for the movement? What is the best decision for the members? What is the best decision for the team? What is the best decision for my family? So um, I think having a guide on that just never, I mean, there's never a point where I think that expires, you know? Um, and usually the, the other reason for that too is if you invest money into coaching, you will reap the reward from whatever you're getting coaching on because that investment, big or small, is accountability. Um, in most good business coaching and mentoring situations, the investment is not small, which means the accountability is even greater. And a lot of people don't like to talk about that because it's money or they like to, you know, think of like all these different empathetic reasons why we implement accountability, which we definitely do. But we can't ignore the fact that money is an accountability. It's a driver for success. If, if you are putting money in, you're putting skin, you have skin in the game, you are 10 times more likely to execute on the actions you need to take action on. And that's documented in studies. It's, it's proven. So um, 
yeah, I, I don't think there's ever a point where you don't need a business coach at all. Um, how often do you invest in business mentorships? Uh, every month, every single month. That was the other part of the question. Every single month. I don't, I don't do, um, I shouldn't say I don't do cause lately I haven't because it's COVID, but I don't really invest in like a weekend mentorship or a workshop or a, a course anymore. I did much more when I was uh, beginning in, in trying to expand my knowledge as a trainer and nutritionist. And it's not that I'm not trying to do that now. Part of it is because COVID, so there's not a lot of them going on. And the other part of it is because um, now my job is to learn and understand leadership and marketing and, and things like that as well. So so I, what I study has to be kind of spread thin. Has to, there's a lot of things I have to study and research. Um, so I think those weekend courses are great. But I think when it comes to business coaching and I think mentorship and stuff like that, I don't think a weekend course or a uh, anything like that does well. I think it's it's got to be a month-to-month coaching relationships because – the, the mentor himself or herself has to know you, has to understand you, has to know your business, has to know your quirks and, and your, like what tweaks you need to make, needs to know how you need to be held accountable. Um, there needs to be a personal connection and buy-in into that relationship in order for it to work well, um, which is why it's a hard business to scale because how many personal deep connections can you have really? Um on that level, you know, talking about every aspect of life and business. So I think that uh, how often I invest personally is, is every single month. Um, right now I invest in two different coaches who uh, I would say both help me on business amongst other things in life, um, like I said before. Uh, but I always invest and, and I do keep an eye out for workshops and seminars and I go speak at some. So if I go speak at a seminar, I love it because I get to listen to all the other speakers. You know, I get to learn from them as well. And uh, yeah, and I've been looking, you know, I always look at things like uh, Donald Miller creating story brand. He has workshops he does. I've always looked at those. Uh, one of my mentors, John Romanello, he does like writing workshops. I've always been interested in those. So there's definitely uh, a good uh, reason to, to hit those weekend courses, masterminds, workshops up if they're with good people. But I think if you're going to, if, if you want to get the most out of business mentorship, you got to do it on a monthly basis. And I really don't think there's ever a point where you don't need it. It's just a matter of if you outgrow the coach and that's not a negative thing, but if you scale or grow or build to a point where you realize you need help on a deeper level or you need help on a bigger level or with bigger problems that the person that's working with you doesn't experience or understand, then I think it's time for a new coach. Um, you know, that's why the, the relationship with myself and my mentor clients works really well because I've been in all of their shoes already. Uh, and, and I've grown through those periods so I can, I can teach them on that. So, um, that's a really long winded answer for you never stop having a coach and you should invest every single month. Um, and that's not a sales pitch because that's, uh, I, I, yeah, that's just, you know, like I, that's not my main thing I do. I do business coaching, um, but it's not really business coaching. It's more mentorship and, and it's, and it's a limited thing that I do. So I'm not trying to sell that right now. I just, I truly believe in it and I've always invested in it. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast, but I wanted to pop in real quick and shout out my sponsor, Legion Athletics. Legion Athletics is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. They are naturally sweetened and flavored supplements that are scientifically backed with good ingredients and proper doses, which is pretty rare in the supplement space, to be honest with you. 
and you get a 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. So if you hate the product, which probably won't happen, you can get all your money back. Right now, you can head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save 20% off your first order and start getting loyalty points so you can get free supplements in the future. Legion is literally a company that I've been using for years, not only for myself, but also with my family and with all of my clients. They have some great products for sports performance and health, and I really can't say enough about who they are as a brand, their transparency, because they are one of the only supplement companies that actually says nutrition and training is more important than supplements. So they are very honest, they are very science-driven and evidence-based, and they are the real deal when it comes to the top quality supplements that you can get on the market. So once again, head over to buylegion.com slash boom boom and save today. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the episode. Wayne Ryan asked, when are you, when you are asking people about weight loss, do you ask if they are on antidepressants because they mostly hinder weight loss? It's something very private to people, probably male more so. Thanks in advance. Wayne, I don't, um, I, I shouldn't say I don't. I ask, um, when I start with a client, when anybody on my team starts with a client, we always have an initial call, right? So even if somebody, uh, like they sign up and they tend to send us all their information. They're ready to go. We're still going to be like, Hey, let's jump on the phone. Let's jump on a Skype. Let's jump on a FaceTime. Let's jump on something. Cause I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. I want to ask you questions. Usually we ask deep enough questions. I shouldn't say usually we always ask deep enough questions that if the individual is taking antidepressants, they will tell us. So we don't blatantly say, Hey, are you taking antidepressants? But we're going to talk about stress, mood, uh, medications, supplements, things like that. And it's going to come up. And, and there's another question in the uh, questionnaire that they initially have to fill out for supplements and medications. And there's also a question about stress levels and stuff. So we expect them to tell us just by the level of questioning we already give them in two different situations. Um, but I do think it's, it's definitely important. Like the thing I will say, it's important to know if your client is on any type of antidepressants because they do affect different systems and processes in the body and they can affect weight, weight loss. So I've seen a lot of people gain weight because of them. Um, I've also seen, uh, I'm not going to say a lot because it's, it's not always the case, but I have seen more than one for sure. I've seen a handful of people, um, who I've worked with, personally, uh, training and or nutrition that have been able to remove depression, antidepressants and, uh, depression medicine medication in order to, uh, in, in basically because of the training and nutrition. So like with proper nutrition, with proper sleep, with proper stress management and just training in the gym, they were able to remove the antidepressants. So, um, I definitely think that you can have a positive effect to get them off that, but it's something you do want to know at the beginning because it does play a role in fat loss. Um, and if you can find a way to work them off it, because I will say too, and, and I'm not an expert on this topic, but from my understanding and from my experience, I do think antidepressants and anxiety medication and things like that are over prescribed. Uh, and I think there's a lot more natural ways that people can find the solution. Like a, a pill is something that just numbs the pain, you know, and it almost makes you feel blank inside. Like I don't have any experience taking this stuff. Um, but I know like people who have t had to take things like Xanax and things like that to, to de-stress or like relieve anxiety. And it's like, it just numbs you. Like the, you don't have anything. So, I think there's better there's better ways to go about it. There's more positive ways. And a lot of times you can get them to get off of them if you do things properly. 
and I'm, I apologize for sniffling. This is uh, I'm still I'm I don't f- I feel fine, but I'm still in that stage where you're like blowing your nose every ten minutes. And I've been on this podcast for forty, so it's it's taken it's been a minute since I blew my nose. Uh, Tracy Swinsky asked, "Is it okay to feel hungry for a long time, or is it bad for your metabolism?" Huh. That's it's a re- that's a really broad question, so it's hard for me to answer specifically. Now, if you're hungry for a long time, and we're talking about in, within a day's period, so if I intermittent fast, right, and I, I skip breakfast, and it's like I'm starting to skip lunch, and I'm trying to go to like two p.m. Let's say, and I'm starving, I'm hungry. It's not gonna it's not gonna affect your metabolism. You're just hungry. Your body needs food. That's all it is. It's not gonna affect your metabolism on such an acute. Uh, timeline. So it's in such a small timeline uh, with a day. Now, if, and this is, and this is what I would say, if you feel hungry, that's not bad, quote unquote, for your metabolism. Um, that's just a, it's a cue for your body to take in some food or nutrients. So I don't think hunger is a good, like, it's not a good predictor for metabolic health. Uh, however, if you are hungry because you were on extremely low calories and you've been on extremely low calories for a long time, um, long time being months on end, I would say yes. You can you can say that is not positive for your metabolism. Um, I don't like saying it's bad for your metabolism because you know a long time could be eight weeks for somebody, and I don't think that's bad for your metabolism. I think your metabolism will be affected. Uh, there will be some adaptation occurring, but you'll also lose weight. And if you lose weight and body fat, you're probably getting healthier because of that. So I think that um, hunger over a long period of time is only negative for your metabolism if we are talking about a long time from a month's perspective. So you've been dieting for months. And when I say dieting, you are on an extremely low calorie diet. And you've been doing that for months on end and biofeedback is getting poorer and poorer and you are getting hungrier and hungrier. That hunger is a signal that you've dieted probably too long, right? It doesn't mean you shouldn't be hungry during a diet because trust me, if you go into a deficit, you're hungry. Like it's just what it is. Some days more than others. But point being is if you're eating less than you're burning, which is a successful calorie deficit to lose weight, you will be hungry. It's just part of dieting. And I think people forget that. Like there's a lot of people who post on Instagram and, and say things like your diet should be completely stress-free or your diet, you, you shouldn't be starving when you're on a diet. Or like if you're, if you're hungry all the time on a diet, you're doing it wrong. Or like, like if you're eating less, if you think you need to eat less in order to, to lose weight, you're wrong. Like I understand why those are appealing statements for people to grab onto. Uh, so from a marketing perspective, bravo guys, but like, let's be real. If you're dieting, you're going to be hungry. Like it's just part of it. So for me to say, if you think you're going to be hungry during a diet, you got it all wrong. That, that's complete bullshit. It's false. I'm going to say, I'm going to be the, the, one of the only transparent and authentic coaches out there and say, Hey, you are going to be hungry. It is going to happen because you are going to be in a calorie deficit. But if you're hungry, just think of it like, man, this is working. I'm doing it right, right? Like you shouldn't be hungry 24-7. Don't get me wrong. You shouldn't be starving like ravenous because then maybe you're in too big of a deficit. Um, But there's going to be times that you're hungry. And for us to act as if we ignore it, I just, I just don't think that's, I don't think that's authentic or transparent for our industry. I think people grab onto this notion of stress-free, flexible dieting that it paints a picture that's not realistic. Yeah, you should be flexible with your, 
with your diet. You should manage stress and be able to manage stress pretty well with your diet, but you definitely shouldn't completely avoid hunger. It's going to happen. So, um, Tracy, like the, the main point of, to answer your question is, is it okay to feel hungry for a long time or is it a bad thing? If it's a day to day thing, like if you're just hungry, you're, you were super hungry today. Don't worry about it. If you're like hungry constantly day after day after day, all day, yeah, you're probably dieting too hard or you've been dieting for too long. You should probably take a break or get to maintenance. Um, but if you're just talking about like, I've been dieting for 12 weeks, I'm almost to my goal and I do get hungry quite often. I would say, honestly, you're probably fine. Grind it out, take some diet breaks and, and reverse out properly. Um, because that hunger is just part of the journey. Uh, and I would say none of it is necessarily quote unquote bad for your metabolism because the metabolism is adaptive. So you can, you can, adapt your metabolism in a positive way just like you can in a negative way so this is why the term metabolic damage isn't a good term to use anymore because it paints the picture of like if you diet hard you're going to break your metabolism but that's not the case if you diet hard you're going to lose weight and your metabolism is going to adapt but once you get out of that diet and find maintenance your metabolism will adapt in the reverse sense in a positive manner and you'll be fine too so um yeah but um all right uh kim Schubert, what do you do for stubborn muscle growth? For me, it's my glutes, and for my husband, it's his calves. I hit my glutes three times a week, varying up the exercises, range of motion, load, etc., but they just won't budge. I've been targeting them for about 10 months now with very little change. Any suggestions uh, would be appreciated. Ooh, okay. Um, what do I do for, so first I'll say this, like what do I do for, for muscle growth? A lot of what you just said. Um, so typically what I do for stubborn muscle growth is I'm going to add volume first and foremost. That's going to be the most important thing. Um, and sometimes you got to add a lot of volume. If somebody has a really, really stubborn body part, you might have to bring that muscle group up to 20, 25 sets. Like that's a lot of working sets per week, which means you have to lower some uh, muscle groups volume that are easier to maintain. So let's say like, you have no, like there's a lot of people who are quad dominant and I'll get to another reason why, uh, how to fix this in a sec, but a lot of people are quad dominant. Like I have no problem growing my quads. Like they're just, they're massive. Cool. Do literally half of the volume you're even doing and that'll maintain your quads just fine. Add that half all to your glutes because your glutes are stubborn, right? Um, or whatever body part it is. So that's, that's, that's the first thing you do. Um, I also, uh, I tend to split the frequency up three times a week, which you said you do. You hit your glutes hard three times a week. And that's typically what I do is go, okay, we have a weak body part. We're going to increase volume and spread out frequency to three to four times a week. So you're kind of constantly sending that muscle building signal to the muscle. Um, but you also have to make sure that if you're doing it three times a week, but you're doing like, let's say you're doing 10 sets per day. I would rather you go four or five days a week with less sets, less sets per session because there is some research that shows muscle protein synthesis kind of starts to dampen or lower um, once you get past eight sets in a single muscle group in a single session. So like for example, if you're doing an, an upper lower split, so you're hitting each muscle group twice a week and you have to hit 24 sets to grow your chest, right? So you're doing it twice a week, that's 12 sets per week you're starting to be unproductive and actually having diminishing returns once you go over that eight. So I would go, hey, let's do a push-pull legs or, or not even push-pull legs. Let's go upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, or even upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, three of each. But if you do three upper body days, now we can split that 24 up into three days, right? And now, which is what, eight. So 
if we have eight, we're, we're at the tip top of that, that zone where as soon as we hit eight, we should probably back off, which is really easy to do because like day one, you do a bench press and a fly. Day two, you do a incline press with a barbell instead of dumbbells and a push-up variation. And then on Friday, you do um, dips in some other kind of like a squeeze press or like a higher rep press. So maybe you're doing a flat dumbbell press bench press again but you're doing 15 reps instead of eight like you did on monday um that's the third thing i would do vary your reps throughout the week um so i think you you might need to increase your frequency make sure you're staying at or just below eight sets per muscle group per day um and then at increase frequency to abide by that um that'll also allow you to go heavier um i would also change the stimulus you're giving them so if if you're doing all like eights and tens and stuff like that, it might be time to do like a low volume phase. So sometimes people get into this stubborn growth. And so you might be only paying attention to your glutes because that's the part that you want to develop most. And maybe the rest of your body's already pretty developed. But if you really look closely, maybe nothing is, is progressing very well. Maybe nothing is developing at the rate you would like, honestly, and you would like to speed up everything. If that's even remotely the case, I would probably take a step back lower volume and do a full four to six week block of like low volume strength training. Um, I think it's going to be kind of like a shock to the system. It's going to be a big stimulus change and it's going to allow you to create more sensitivity to the muscle when you return back to that high volume. So you spend four to six weeks doing lower volumes with really heavy loads and trying to like build strength. Um, You might see growth and if you do keep going, but if you don't, that's okay because you've desensitized yourself to the high volumes. Now you can go back to the high volumes after four to six weeks, maybe even eight weeks. And now you can attack the body just like you were before as you're sending them this question and you're probably going to see better results from it. Um, the other thing I always tend to do is, is look at form. So I'll have people like they, they can't grow their delts or they can't create definition of delts or their, their glutes in their hip extension is horrible. Their hip flexors are super tight. Um, their spinal erectors are overactive. Their hamstrings are overactive. So now it's like, okay, how do we turn off these other muscles and turn on the right muscle? And we can do that through range of motion. Like you said, we can do that by creating deficits uh, to change that range of motion in order to create a bigger stretch or contraction in the muscle we're targeting, we can change exercise selection and we can change technique. So if somebody's not targeting the muscles I want them to target, I'm going to pick apart their technique and try to get them to a place where they're firing the right ones because they're executing it properly. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a bit there and that, that definitely applies to calves. Like I see a lot of people that are like, man, I hit calves three days a week, I do like high, high reps, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you gotta think about this too with like, you gotta train the muscle. Like it doesn't usually get trained. So if your calves aren't growing, I wouldn't be adding tons of 20 rep sets with light weight because guess what? When you walk, you're doing 20 plus reps all day, right? So you're not really creating a new stimulus. I would much rather you go, Hey, I'm going to do sets of five and go super fucking heavy. And I want you to pause at the bottom on a big stretch, right? Or do intraset stretching with your calves in between sets. That kind of stuff works really well. Um, or you can even do like hill sprints. You can do sled sprints, stuff like that, because that, that hammers the 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 calves in a different way. Um, but that's what I'd say. I mean, you, you said you're doing a lot of things. You know, you're hitting them hard three times a week. You're varying the exercises. You're changing range of motion. You're changing load. You're doing a lot of the right things. So I think it might be a, a, just a period of time where you can go, like, if you've been following the same type of programming, the same type of intensity and volume and stuff like that for a few months or more, I think it's probably time to uh, pull back and do a low volume 
uh, of low volume block to try to kind of resensitize your body. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to answer one more question and then we'll move on uh, or we'll, we'll wrap up the podcast uh, and then I'm going to literally hit record again and I'm going to record a second one because I have a ton of questions and we're behind. So I want to help you guys out. So this last question comes from Brittany. Uh, I don't know your last name because you probably sent me an email, um, which by the way, guys, remember there's a link in the show notes of this podcast, every single podcast, and it is a Q&A form. If you have any questions for the podcast, click that, fill it out, ask me your questions. We love getting them. Um, it helps us create content for the podcast. So um, that being said, Brittany asked, what has been the most challenging part of growing your name in your business? Um, patience. I, I think the most Difficult thing and the most important thing are the same thing, right? It's patience. Um, I started training people when I was 18, right? Like right before I turned 19, so 10 years ago. And I trained people for free uh, until I was probably 20, right? I just went to school uh, for this and I trained people for free and I wrote blogs and I worked at Rite Aid to get by. <laughs> so I just engulfed myself in it, right? And then I interned. So I worked for free uh, for about a year through a couple different internships through my school and then through Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance in Seattle. And then after that, I got hired on and I, I did whatever I needed to do, right? It was large group classes and then it was small group classes and then it was private coaching and then it was private online coaching. Um, so I've, I've moved up the, the scale over the years. And I think the most important thing for people to remember is that it just takes a lot of time. You know, a lot of people don't don't want to take the time and spend the time to build an empire, to build an enterprise, like to build a company. Like it just it just doesn't happen overnight. They always say like Rome wasn't built in a day. That's exactly what it is. So I think I think patience is the the most challenging part. Um and one of the most challenging parts for a lot of people, but it's never been difficult for me because I truly love this is the constant personal growth you have to really try to invest in and find and seek. I think a lot of people, they want to listen to podcasts, they want to read books, they want to do stuff and and assume that it just clicks in and like the matrix and they're just going to plug it all together. But the truth is, is I've done, I couldn't even tell you how many certifications I've done. I couldn't even tell you how many workshops I've been to, how many seminars I've gone to, how many books I've read, because it's a constant evolutionary growth. I'm still studying fitness to this day, just a different topic of fitness that I'm not proficient in because I want to learn. I want to learn about all forms of fitness because I love this stuff. So I think it's it's one of those things where you just have to start thinking about constantly trying to grow in every area you can. And if you're not excited about seeking growth, you need to find a reason and in some way to get excited and fired up about that. Because without constant personal growth, you're not going to be able to build your name and you're not going to be able to build a big business in this industry, in any, in any industry for that matter. Um, but I think the most challenging part for growing my name in my business have, truly has been uh, patience because I, I, I'm not a very patient person, which Helps me in some regards because I won't wait to take action because I'm impatient. Um, but it, it's a burden in some because I constantly want things right away. Like I get excited about something and I want to get it. And a lot of you guys can relate to that. But I think the challenging part is patience. You know, for most of us listening uh, who are in this industry, 
you could probably agree with me in saying that you're kind of obsessed with the shit. Like you would do this even if you didn't get paid. Um, and I think it should be that way. If you, if you don't feel that way, then I think you're in the wrong industry. Um, but I definitely think that patience has been the biggest part of, of the challenge. It's been the biggest challenge inside of this growth of this company. Um, and I think it'll always be that way, to be honest. With you. I think it'll always be that way because as you grow, uh, you, you really never stop having to be patient. Right. Challenges come about, struggles come about, um, responsibilities come about, new roles come about, delegation comes about, new team members, like everything, like you just grow and things get added in and you have to be patient with every aspect of it. So uh, I think the most challenging part for me and the biggest recommendation I have for anybody out there listening, be patient in due time it will come. Uh, nobody ever regretted committing to a long time frame and just working hard. Nobody ever regretted that. Because it always works, it always pays off, and it's always fulfilling. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here, and I'll see you next time.